A lot goes into taking care of your property. You need equipment with more reliability, durability, and versatility built in. Like number one selling Kubota BX and L-Series compact tractors, Z-Series mowers that deliver a quality cut, and Sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Beeline. Visit findyoursiffingpoint.com, by Michter's American Whiskies, and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. I'm Fred. We're uh, coming up on toward the end of the year. This podcast is, is not even a year old yet, and I just I just feel so privileged and lucky and honored to continue to you know bring these incredible interviews to you and uh, uh, if you told me that I would be getting the guests that I am getting for a uh, first year podcast I'd be like no way no way that's happening but this week's guest yell wolf is someone who is he's created his own culture like this guy has done what all musicians wish they could do. He's created his own identity, his own culture, and like Slamerican. He's got a he's got a, um, a an interview, an original series on Crackle called Yellow Wolf, a Slamerican life, a ten part journey, storytelling, traveling, and raising hell. This guy, you know, is one of the most one of the hardest working musicians I have ever ever met. I think he he's probably already you know written fifteen hundred songs since we sat down in Christian County, Kentucky at MB Roland Distillery. Big shout out to Paul and Mary Beth. Thank you very much for hosting us that day. And this interview is is really special because it was my it was my first in person interview since COVID. And you, granted, we followed all the you know COVID protocols and we've passed that uh, window. Anyway, but this was uh this was this was a big moment for me personally because I hadn't uh I hadn't done a, an interview uh with someone in a while and it's, I've been doing all these things virtually and I've been wondering I've actually been wondering with all these virtual uh interviews and teleconferences that I've been doing it's like am I going to lose that kind of in-person feel and uh style that I had developed throughout my career? And uh, uh, happy to say, I still got it. And if you want to see the vi- the interview in video form, if you want to see Sasquatch, I mean, out of nowhere, Sasquatch showed up. I mean, like a real, actual Sasquatch showed up. I mean, also, there was discussion of aliens, and we tasted whiskey with Paul Tomaszewski from MB Roland. Uh, all that cool stuff. Go to YouTube and watch the the video interview and the compilation that we have put together. Go to YouTube and watch it there. This is just the interview portion, but if you want to see all of it, go to YouTube. YouTube, and I tell you what, it's an it's an absolute trip. I mean, a trip. <laughs> but uh, as you may recall, Yellow Wolf uh, was brought up in my Killer Mike episode. Killer Mike talked about going to Yellow Wolf's birthday party. And they played Sweet Home Alabama, and they said, you know, you don't you don't play Sweet Home Alabama with a bunch of southern southern boys. And he's like, they kind of brought the house down. 
uh, that was a that was a fun 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 interview uh, to kind of relive with uh, Yellow Wolf. He appreciated that. Also, uh, Jelly Roll, he and Jelly Roll, uh, who was episode two for the Fred Minnick show, he and um, Yellow Wolf and Jelly Roll are pretty tight. And when I asked Jelly Roll about Yellow Wolf, he said that he's the hardest working musician in the game right now. And I think that is something to be uh, for someone like Jelly Roll to say, that's pretty huge. So everybody, please pull up a seat or however you listen to this podcast and enjoy. I tell you what, Yellow Wolf is one cool dude. 291 Colorado Whiskey aims to create a one-of-a-kind, bold, and beautiful Colorado Whiskey. Rugged, refined, rebellious. Distillery 291 is an award-winning small-batch whiskey distillery located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak. Owner and founding distiller Michael Myers grew up on family farms in Georgia and Tennessee, across a countryside defined by rolling hills, horses, and whiskey. He set out to create a flagship whiskey that evoked the Wild West. A cowboy walking into a bar saying, give me a whiskey, and the bartender slamming down a bottle, a bottle of 291 Colorado whiskey. Find a bottle near you at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Ride it like you stole it, drink it like you own it, live fast, drink responsibly. Imagine this, an experience centered around five Kentucky Bourbon Trail craft tour distilleries in northern Kentucky, the gateway to Kentucky bourbon. Add five amazing bourbon-centric bars and five delicious bourbon-focused restaurants, cultivating the freshest takes and culinary delights, and you are on the beeline. Start your trip today at findyoursippingpoint.com. Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Michter's.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Just announce, and then you're suddenly in stores all over the country. You're in a Walmart now. Yeah, man. We, um, uh, our friend David Long came to my store in Nashville, and, uh, my mom called me, I was driving around Nashville doing whatever. She was like, uh, there's someone here with your own whiskey. And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, no, seriously, there's a dude here with a bottle of whiskey with your name on it. And uh, he's trying to talk. And I was like, all right, I'll be there in five minutes. I pulled up, David had a bottle, not this particular bottle, but a bottle of whiskey. It said Catfish Billy on it, mm -hmm. Yellow Wolf, Gadsden, Alabama. 
you know, he had branded it already, created a label for it. And um, he pitched it to me and uh, we sat down, I tried it, I really liked it. And uh, so we went to North Carolina and um, sat down and did a deal. And my only, my input for the brand was just to, to design the bottle, come up with the name and, uh, and package it, you mm -hmm. know? I think that they're like, for years, I've been talking about whiskey and my music. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, we were we would set record sales for whiskey at all these shows that we were doing, so it just made sense. And Creek Water was reminiscent of my first That's right. underground project. Yeah, that's why we ended up, you know, calling it um, Creek Water. And, and, I, and to be sense. honest with you, I am shocked that like Creek Water is such a good catchy term in in whiskey. And it's like, you know, how many distillers in the 1800s were pulling right out of the creek? You know, and I'm, I'm shocked that that name hadn't been taken. So Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> yeah, we were super fortunate that it hadn't been taken uh, when we decided to go with it. Yeah, we were all surprised by that, too. So cheers. Yeah. Cheers yeah. to joining the, the whiskey community and, and doing it so well. Because, uh, like I said, I, did, I really did like this. I'm about to taste it again. Let's do it. You know, it's actually so it's an American whiskey, so it's not a it's not a bourbon. Mm. It's got it's very much on the sweet and corn side for me, and just a, a little bit of kind of like you know plumness. I really do I really do like it. I I think this is a, this is this is a really good first product for you to have out of the gate. Thanks, man. Yeah, we like. I'm not the, uh, I'm not actually a connoisseur of whiskey. I've, I've been very like, over the years, I usually drank Jack Daniels mm -hmm. or Jim Beam or, and I've spent some money here and there like on some uh, King Louie, you know. Yeah, I've, I've had those moments, mm -hmm. you know, where I'll get the $500 shot. and But even then, I never like developed a palate for whiskey the way people would, may assume that I did. But when I tried this, I, I personally loved it. Mm. And um, you, you, you appreciate it, you know, and I, I, think, I think that's the big thing. Yeah, I do appreciate it. And, you know, I've, uh, I've taken trips with my dad to the, um, uh, the a distillery in, in, in Kentucky or where they uh, bottle Woodford mm -hmm. Reserve. Yeah, yeah. And I've done, so my dad is a really, you know, He's knowledgeable, and um, I let him try it, and you know he gave it the green light. Well, that's good. And uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, for a hundred proof for a whiskey that that tastes this clean and uh, smooth, and for I mean, for it's like twenty four ninety nine for a bottle, a hundred proof. It's really I think it fits perfect. That's a good know? price point, and and you know, and I think it also like you you've done something that everybody wishes they, they could do in, in music and that you've created a culture. Like you've created like your, your, your own brand that really can live without the music. The music definitely is, is a part of it. But Slamerican is like, I mean, that's a, that's almost, I mean, that's a movement. And like, this is, you know, you could just bring that into the community and you have a ready served audience for it. Yeah, Slamerican is 
was somewhat of a uh, sleeping giant, you know. We've, over the years, we've collectively just, you know, through art, music, fashion, lifestyle, you know, um, it's really an idealism, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it does fit right. It's right in line with, you know, who we are and, and our lifestyle. So, so, and this is where I'm gonna ask for your help. So, I'm often accused of being a snob. Some of it's because I wear an ascot. How do, how do, I, how do I become more Slamerican? Just, just, with, just with the fashion look. What, what do I gotta do? Uh, are you, uh, do you have any tattoos? I do, I do. What, what, what is it? Uh, it is, it's a Thunderbird, which is, is dual purpose to me. Um, Let me see that Thunderbird ring while he's talking about that. Love it. Like this? Yeah. Like that. All right, look, can I see your Thunderbird? Yeah. So I'm my you get naked. Uh, that would be real Slamerica. <laughs> just, just pull that. You can just pull down. Oh shit! Back tat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Little Thunderbird hit. So that's. Is that uh, your only tattoo? That's my only one. Okay. I, there's a story behind it too. Like, I, I got it and I wrote a check for it and it bounced. <laughs> she so, check. So I, yeah, and so what this tattoo shop took a check. This was in the nineties. Oh, okay. And in and, and like in I grew up in Oklahoma and Oklahoma doesn't have was illegal back then to have tattoos to get them. Mm -hmm. So we had to drive up to Wichita, Kansas. And uh and I went in there and um and I wrote a check. And I, I thought I had money in the account, but I was nineteen, stupid. And um That's some real Slamerican shit yeah. to do. <laughs> So back in the day, I was American. See? Yeah, I got a little bit of me. Well, dude, all you have to do really is just have appreciation for the outcasts. And you know, because you have a Thunderbird, this was a ring I designed and collabed with King Baby. This is actually one of the King Baby Slamerican collaborations. We now no, do wow. our own jewelry, but this was a piece from the collaboration. So, and you know, there right you go. Right on, man. I was about oh, to have you put it on me like we were getting married, but... Married to the fam. I love that. This oh. is awesome. It's American. Appreciate it, man. You're in the club. I love it. <laughs> well, and you're, you're in, the, in the whiskey world now, too. I mean, that's uh, it's like two, two families kind of coming to one. I love it. Cheers, man. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Thanks, brother. So, one of our mutual friends who's been on the show before, uh, Jelly Roll, I reached out to Jelly Roll, and, and he told me that you are the hardest working man he knows right now. And I think that's, you know, for him to say that, who works his ass off, Yeah. you know, you know you've got two records coming out, you got one on the way, you're always pushing something, you're always working. Where does that, where does that drive come from? Well, you're right, coming from Jelly Roll, that's a, that's a huge compliment. Jelly is a, Super, super hardworking dude, you know, and a good friend. He's been down since day one, you know. Uh, Struggle Jennings, Jelly Roll, Alex King, early on, Aunt Zilla, Old Antioch, Tennessee. I think that there's a, 
there's a certain uh, breed from that era that we looked up to hustlers that were before us. My mom is the most inspiring person to me uh, as far as my work ethic goes and my grandfather, rest in peace. I just think that working is the, uh, it's, it's the best way to show gratitude for being alive, you know? I think that laziness is, is the ultimate sin if there is such a thing. So I, I, I work hard because I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot to do in my lifetime. Um, I have more ideas than I could ever really get done in this lifetime. And I think that, you know, uh, this is our work ethic and particularly my work ethic is not for the sane, you know? I, I think that you have to be a little crazy to think about the impossible being actually possible, right? If I told someone 10 years ago, man, one day I'm gonna have a whiskey sitting on the Walmart shelf, or if I told them one day I'm gonna hand this demo tape to Eminem and I'm gonna sign to Marshall Mathers. And when you say that, living in a trailer park in Huntsville, Alabama, you know, that dream seems unattainable. And mm. it's almost a tradition, you know, yeah. my, my grandfather worked and retired from Goodyear, you know, and uh, when he retired after most, you know, almost 70% of his life, you know, they gave him a watch, you know, and when my grandmother retired from Food World working at the bakery, you know, my papa got her a limo home, you know, and that was, uh, that was them celebrating their retirement. My great-grandfather worked at the steel mill in Gadsden, Alabama. And um, it's just a long line of hard workers. Mm -hmm. when, in my house, when you got up, you got dressed. You don't walk around in pajamas. You don't do that. You get up and you put your, put your clothes on and you get ready for the day. It didn't matter what was happening, just be ready or that was your ass. Yeah. So I think that like that is just, and I do that with my kids. My kids, they cannot sleep in. They do not sleep in on the weekends. My son just asked me for three days off of work so he could focus on, he programs games, and he works for my company Monday through Friday. And I told him, I was like, I was like, listen man, you're not beyond getting fired just because you're my son. You know, if you slip up at the company, it's a wrap for you. Wow. And you can go get a job at a pizza shop down the street. He worked for about a couple months and he said, Dad, can I get a couple days off so I can focus on working on my game? And I said, nah, no, you can't. You can work Monday through Friday and after five o'clock, you can come home and work on your game. And if you really want it, you can work Saturday and Sunday too on your game. That's and, good. Uh, That's good fatherly advice though. Yeah, he was like, yo, he's like, Dad, in seven months, I want to be able to afford the rent for this apartment. I was like, oh yeah? Better get to fucking work, you know. But working's fun. Working's fun. At the end of the day, it's just you have to love what you do. Yeah. And I get you know that and that that quote about being crazy to do what you do is I think someone asked Steve Jobs, 
You know, like, why? Why is it that you've been able to do so much in a lifetime? And he was like, oh, and because no one sane would attempt to do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's only crazy till it gets done. And then everybody's like, how the fuck did you do that? And zero luck. Has, luck has zero to do with it. It's just hard work. And I know, I know in, in rap, there's a lot of um, collaborations and, and I think one of the, one of, to me, like when I look at the genre, one of the, um, you can see what the community thinks of a musician by how many people want to collaborate with them. You have a ton of people who want to work with you, like all the time, you know? So I think that says something that people want to come in and get into that little sphere of the, of the work ethic, you know? Um, yeah, well collaborations, first of all, I've never taken money for a, a feature not never um one time when i was like really struggling someone gave me two grand to do a feature and i did a feature in in la on this really whack record and uh that was the first and last time that i had ever done that you know i only get involved in music that i believe in and i only get involved with artists that i believe in and so I don't charge personally for features, and I also do not pay for features. I just vibe, and um, you know that happens when you you know you do a record with Wynonna Judd, mm -hmm. and you do a record with Three Six Mafia in the same week. People are gonna wonder, like, how did that happen? There's a long line of relationships that make that happen. There's lots of years of work. Right. You know, I went to church with Wanona when I was a kid and Shooter Jennings. There's a story there. My mother's husband for seven years was Randy Travis's stage manager. So I had one foot in country music and in the country music industry, you know, Travis Tripp, Dwight Yoakam, on tour with Dwight Yoakam in Alabama, you know, and then Aerosmith during the Run DMC Walk This Way tour. So there's a long line of, of connections there that came from my mother and that I was able to exploit as a professional that I reached back on. And then the, there's a lot of connections that I made on my own, um, so. And of course your solo stuff is just off the charts, you know? Like you can, you can just feel, you can feel the Thanks, art, dude. you know? I'm not just saying that too, I'm really not. It's not the whiskey talking. Oh, I have to have a couple <laughs> of these before I get the whiskey starts making me talk. Remember, love what you do. I, I drink whiskey for a living, Wolf, so. Wow, what a hell, that's a hell of a way to make money. Jesus. You know what, I do too, actually. <laughs> now you do, now you do. Yeah. Crazy. It's so, a trip, look at this. 50% off discount. Go to creekwater.com, receive 50% off of Creekwater merchandise. This was so crazy to see. When I saw this on the shelf of, of Walmart, I, I, I saw a screenshot of it mm -hmm. and sent it to my grandmother. I sent it to my mom and my uncle. It was such a like, I don't know, just a, a huge moment, that Walmart tie. And we were in the Florida Keys. I was working on this project with uh, DJ Muggs, who, you know, legendary DJ Muggs, produced Cypress Hill. He's done so much in his career. But we did a record together and he's like, dude, I travel to make my music. He had just went to Egypt and I was like, dude, I'm gonna go travel and write it. So I went down to the Keys and uh, wrote the record. And when 
we wanted to announce that Creekwater was in Walmart. I was like, dude, we can't just put a post up, you know? We gotta do something, you know? And um, because it's a boutique company, Creekwater, we couldn't get Creekwater to cover. Um, my idea was to take a private jet from the Keys to Walmart. I was like, dude, we, we, if we fly on a private jet to Walmart, that's Slimerican. That's, <laughs> it gets no more Slimerican like than actually, that. Like actually in an actual parking lot? Like I would have if they would have allowed it. I mean the FAA and their rules. So Creek, we couldn't get Creek Water to cover it. They loved the idea. We couldn't get them to cover it. Um, so our company, Slimerican, covered the PJ from the Keys to Walmart. And so there was a lot of big things happening on that day. I was proud of my company. Mm-hmm. My company had gotten to the point to where we could cover this. We were able to make a huge amount announcement about it. And, uh, you know, me and my friends who had visualized years ago, sitting on a private jet, you know, literally took photos sitting on a private jet. Like, yeah, man, one day. And we did it, man. And so you know, I'm, I'm proud of the brand. I'm honored to be in Walmart and the thousands of other stores that Creekwater's in, all the mom and pop supporters. and. I was, here's a good question I have, because you would probably know the answer to this. So, I see condensation around the neck here. Uh-huh. We've had some condensations around the neck, and on the, on the shelf, a, a lot of people would assume that something's wrong yeah, yeah. with it. Um, we know that that's not the case, but what causes condensation? So, you have a, so you, you have a, um, you have a very unique uh, capsule here mm-hmm. so like most so this is like that's been out for a while right so obviously that that start, that just kind of started and you know but when this was on there was none of that and this is a my assumption is you take a look here you look at that cap it's like rubbery like depending on like how it's um, you know moved and everything there can be some there can be some movement around the seal whereas if you just mm-hmm. put that on there you know, the cork, you know, like that. There's no air pressure getting in there, or, you know. And so. that would fix the condensation as you I mean, it depends, it depends on like the bottle makeup and everything, but it should. You know, but it's a, that is a, I mean, it's not an uncommon issue. Uh, a lot of it too is storage. Is that why you'll see some companies with the full neck cover? Yeah. Usually? Yeah. Yeah, they'll put like foil around there. Uh, there's also a technique called, uh, and this that's not in regard to that, but it's called chill filtration. Like if you don't, like this one's not filtered. Mm-hmm. So if you take a, if we take a look at, I'll shake it. You can see there, there'll be some like cloudiness. See, if you take a look, it kind of can look like a little bit like a murky, look like a little bit like a murky uh, pond. Mm-hmm. There'll be some white in there. Some people will see that as a flaw when really all that is is like a, that's the, um, those are the kind of fatty acids that survive like fermentation and, and, and distillation and, and aging. So what happens when you shake mine? Is this rolling the dice here? Well, let's it see up. it. Let's see what happens. So it's not too bad. So there's like not any murkiness there. So you can see they definitely had a, it's definitely filtered, you know? That's not good or bad. The only reason why people filter 
is because people return them, you know? Mm. It's not because there's a flavor and flaw or anything like that. It's like they see like white clouds and they're like, oh my God, it's bad. So they, they take it back when really reality, it's, it's fine. But, um, wow. Yeah. So how did you get started in all this? What, what, what made you? So my story, um, I, I was a soldier and when I got home from Iraq, I couldn't get a job. Uh, the only job I could get was, was oh, a, thank you. By the way. Yeah, yeah, man. My yeah. pleasure. Appreciate that. The only job I could get was a food editor. I, I tried to go back to Iraq and they wouldn't let me. They said I was too close. I was trying to go back as a, like an AP reporter. And, um, and uh, basically, when you write about food, you eventually write about alcohol. And that's kind of how it came to be, to be honest with you. And I just kept going and going. And, and it turned out I was good at it. I had a palate for it, I had a nose for it. I've always been able to smell really, really well. Like, I grew up in farm areas. Smell it? Yeah, I could smell it, man. I could smell, I could smell, <laughs> I could smell shit two miles away before anyone else. Really good at smelling dude, the bad stuff. Dude, smell it. <laughs> mm hmm. I'm a real fucking smell snob, dude. I fucking hate stinky shit. I hate stinks. I hate stink. I spent like thousands of dollars on candles and, dude, my tour bus, if it smells any kind of funk, it's a fucking, I am a. But you, you inevitably have the guy who farts. You know, you got a guy that farts on the tour bus. I mean, what are you doing to that guy? You're the... <laughs> yeah, me, and that's it. No one else is allowed. Only your, only your fart. Only your yeah, fart, Steve. You better open a fucking bus door, crack the window. This is my bus. You ain't farting on my bus. No number twos, by the way, too. You know, you can't shit on a bus. I wouldn't shit on a bus. I mean, what if you hit, what if you hit a bump anyway? If they did have a shitter. You know, they have what they call grinders on tour buses that will supposedly grind the shit. Um, but the funk is inevitable. It's like unavoidable. It's going to be a problem. It's, it's, I bet it's worse than like airplane. Dude, I've had bus drivers at 80 miles an hour. Dump oh. the tank. <laughs> And it don't matter to me anymore because it's years in the past and no one knows them, but it's completely illegal and, and fucked up. But you just imagine a giant, just 80 mile an hour shit storm, like on, you know, 75 South is fucked up. Imagine being the, the guy like, you know, trying to Dude, hitchhike across town and the and then someone just dropped a pile of Dude, shit on you. Somebody dumped a bus, no shit, on one of those grady, one of those graded bridges over <laughs> over a yacht. It, true story. <laughs> yacht done. Everybody having a yacht party, just chilling. Oh, they just man, became Slim American. That's not Slim American. <laughs> That's just fucked up. <laughs> That's not on brand. <laughs> That's just completely foul. Oh. Yeah, man. Tour bus life. You ever been on the tour bus? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I help uh, in Kentucky, I help put together some music festivals for Danny Wimmer Presents. You're actually going to be headlining Aftershock in 2021 next year. They just announced that. We headlining? 
Aftershock. All right. That's what's up. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad to bring the news to you. <laughs> Let's get it. I'm psyched. Who else is playing? Uh, Metallica. What? Yeah. Get I'm, out of here. Yeah, Metallica. Um, so me and Metallica are on the same stage, essentially. Yeah. Different. That's three days, so I think so. I don't know what day. I don't care as long as they were there. At you mean pull it up? I'll tell you that. I'll as long tell as they were there at some point. Yeah. And they got a whiskey out, by the way. Yeah, I heard about that. I have not tried their Have you had it? My my good friend actually put it together for me. He passed away. It was like his last project before he passed away. Oh, okay. So. Wow. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, he was. You would have loved him. His name was Dave Pickerel. All right. So here are, here are the. Uh, so Metallica. Uh, Metallica is doing two nights: My Chemical Romance, Limp Biscuit, Social Distortion, uh, Rise Against, Machine Gun Kelly, Offspring, Rancid, Seether, Live, Gojira. There's a lot of, a lot of good ones in All here. All right, hell yeah. Pennywise. Wow. Crazy. I have a cool Metallica story. Oh. So I was in Russia. We were at Red Square, and we had a show earlier. We had a show the night before we had a day off in Russia and Metallica was playing at Red Square and uh, it was sold out. You couldn't get anywhere near it. So we just hit, we were listening from outside the square and uh, we were hitting bars along, along the square. And then we walking back to the hotel, we saw this red roped line, this, you know, you know, red rope outside of this hotel and we were like you know that's for sure metallica stand there for sure you could just tell by the roadies that were out there so you know wearing leather and boots and jewelry and hats and me and my dj and my guitar player just walked right down the red carpet like it was nobody's business and they were like tipping their hat to us so we walked right into the hotel right into the bar, sat down, never questioned, ended up partying with Lars and James, like all night. That's awesome. That was rad. Yeah. They were like, what are y'all doing here? And we were like, we barged it. We came in and, and you know, you, here. you totally got Lars' respect there, guarantee it. He's like, oh yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> they were cool, man, they were super cool. But they don't serve um, uh, Moscow mules in Russia, by the way. Hmm. It's not a thing. Yeah, they just drink vodka straight, which, you know, that's its own problem. But. They don't serve Moscow mules in Russia, and you can't get a Foster's in Australia. Now, that that part is I, it's really fucked up. You can't get a Foster's in Australia. It'd be like you can't get a Coors Light in Colorado. Yeah. Not that you'd want a Coors Light, but... So yeah, I like Coors Light, actually. You like Coors Light? I don't mind it. Coors Light, it'll do it. Do it in a pinch. Um, you know, when you look at like the, you know, the genre right now of hip hop and rap, you know, where do you, where do you think it is? Where do you, where do you, where do you think it's going? Man, if I knew, if anyone knew, you know, uh, hip hop is an ever evolving sound and it'll always be that way because it was, it, the core of hip hop was started by sampling sample based music using a break beat on this turntable 
and a breakbeat on this turntable. And back and forth and back and forth. And then MC started to evolve and sounds started to get added in. But at the end of the day, hip hop is a sample based music. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's ever evolving and ever changing. You know, traditional rock and roll, you would think typically, you know, electric guitars, drummer, bass, frontman, you know, um, there's something that, something in rock and roll that um, keeps it rock and roll, you know, I guess you could say, you know, there's no rules to any genre of music, but country, you know, you would expect, okay, there might be a fiddle in there or with hip hop, it's like, it's anything. It's okay. We sampled a fiddle. We sampled a sitar. We sampled a classic piano. Uh, we sampled, uh, you know, a drum section from some Native American, you know, drum circle or whatever, you know? So hip hop naturally just evolves. And right now where it's at right now, I couldn't tell you. I, th- I think that there's a, there's definitely a wave that's come that's coming and has been coming out of Atlanta, Georgia for so many years. Yeah. I think Atlanta's always on the forefront of something new. It always has been. I think it'll always be that way. But um, there's also a resurgence of like lo-fi hip hop, which I'm really, really loving right now, you know, which is what um, DJ Muggs and I are doing. And that's a complete, you know, leak basically of, of the style that we're going for. Um, but my latest, newest favorite artist I'm listening to right now is Bub Styles from New York. Um, that I just got put on him just recently and I'm just, I'm just on it like every day. Um, but hip hop is, uh, hip hop is what you make of it really, you know, whether you're listening to Future or Bub Styles or Three Six Mafia or, or my stuff, you know, that's the beauty of it. It's the. It's the different flavors, and you're like kind of like at the core of um, you know I, you know I brought up Jelly Roll you know he's in there too but you know Southern rap there's just like this big beautiful like I feel like there's there's a lot of movement in this you know genre right now and you're, yeah, as long you're as you don't say hip hop we're good yeah <laughs> just had to put that out there go ahead no I was gonna say yeah I mean like, like but but like look I live I live in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And there's still people who think that are surprised when I show up with shoes on and with teeth. You know, I mean, it, that's real. And, you know, people still have like, you know, very negative associations. But if you listen to the music, you pull away like any kind of brand to it at all. It's great music. Yeah. Good music's good music. You know, it can come from anywhere from anybody across the world. You know, there's another artist right now, his name's Slow Tie. Um, from overseas that's incredible you know Um, it just you know I think what makes dope shit is being like brutally brutally honest and you know unforgivingly authentic Mm -hmm. you know like it, it can't be a halfway step for me to be um, excited about an artist, uh, it, you can almost see through it almost immediately. 
the thing with social media right now is because because everything can can sound the same and it's easy to go up on Instagram and look at someone's yeah. clothes and listen to their music and digest it and go back in your little hole and re reinvent that. And so what I think is going to remain special forever are those artists that say, this is where I'm from. This is what, this is how I grew up. And this is, this is our vibe here. I wanted to go to Shaolin because of Wu-Tang. I wanted to go to Compton because of MWA. I wanted to go to Memphis because of 3-6. I wanted to go to Sunset because of Guns N' Roses, you know, because it felt like it was a piece of that. And I feel like if I can want, if I, if I can make people want to enter my world by listening to my music, then I've done the right thing. Um, yeah, I mean, uh that's that's a very poignant thing to say, especially because in in rap you do hear people talking about you know where they're from, where you know in their in their upbringing. Whereas like I'd say in like country music, while it has a little bit of that, you get a little bit more of like a step and repeat. You know, mm-hmm. dog, tractor, truck, beer, beer, whiskey, tequila, ex girlfriend, ex wife. He's cheating on me. She's cheating on me. You know, you don't have a lot of step and repeat with what you're doing. Yeah. I, well, can't reinvent the wheel, but you know, I think that like you definitely can can change a concept. You know, split a concept up a, a million different ways. I think like to extend a to extend a long career, you have to compartmentalize ideas. Mm. And you have to be careful of what you spill out because mm-hmm. you can spill so much up of yourself out too quickly. And, you know, you've left yourself no room to grow. And you've got, you, I know I mentioned it earlier, but you got two, two records coming out. Another one you're working on? What? Yeah, man, we've, we're deep into music right now. I've got Mudmouth, produced by Jim Johnson, is done, mixed, mastered. We just went and secured a million dollar budget to go shoot a movie in Mexico for it. Nice. Um, yeah, we're really proud of that. That's awesome, man. And we, Alan's myself, Mike Gorilla. And will that be would that be on Crackle? Like, you know what? I we don't know where it will live. Hopefully, it'll live in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Apple TV iTunes, Netflix, you know, um, VHS tapes. We're going to make VHS tapes. Oh my gosh. I was thinking of making like a... Love it. Even like, <laughs> you know, just a limited run of the little TVs with the VHS. You could just buy the TV and the VHS portable, you know, just for the fun of it. DVDs, <laughs> you know, uh, laser disc. I don't know. We're, we're just thinking all, all kinds of cool ways for people to get the project because we're not releasing the album um, traditionally how we mm-hmm. have always released the album. We're putting the album out as as the film. That's so awesome. Mouth is done and in the can. We're going to Mexico to shoot the film for it. Uh, Sometimes Why, produced by Shooter Jennings at Sunset Sound in Los Angeles. My rock and roll album is mixed and mastered. Um... And that to me is by far my favorite 
my favorite album I've ever recorded. I cannot wait for people to hear wow. that record. Well, there's no rapping. There's no 808s. It's all analog, full band takes, songwriting, singing, songwriting. So I'm excited for people to hear that. And then in between that, you know, Miles Zero with DJ Muggs. I'm working on a project, um, Black Fault Part Two with DJ Paul, Three Six Mafia, the Mafia family. I don't know, man. We've just been busy, man. COVID, COVID, like, it was just time to sit down and, and yeah. start, start cranking out work. And that's exactly what we've been doing. Well, there's a lot of people who, like, make excuse, you know, COVID basically created a lot of excuses, you know, for people like, ah, oh, I can't COVID or all oh, this COVID, but you didn't Those let that happen. Those people had excuses before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. But people that used it, any, people that are, that used and are continuing to use COVID as an excuse. Those people had excuses in the bag before COVID. COVID is just the, the cheapest, easiest way out. Yeah. It's convenient. That's for sure. But like when we, when we chatted uh, earlier this year, um, you know, you pushed me creatively, creatively, you know, to have like a, a cool in-person interview. And, um, you know, I could definitely sense like your, I could sense that you, you, you don't want what is just out there Insert all the time. A third eye light. Yeah. Ooh. UFO presence, <laughs> Sasquatch. I can sense. I mean, and so I would. I mean, you you push for this. You instead of like a like a virtual like Zoom call, like I like I did with like Killer Mike. I mean, you pushed for this, and so like that like desire to be create creative, that desire to to live and not necessarily as normal because everybody's taking precautions, but to, to do, to not let COVID own you in a moment, you know, you personally, you know, pushed me in a direction that I needed to go like after, after that conference call we had. So. Well, I had COVID. So. You're all, <laughs> you're all good. <laughs> no, for real. When I was in, this is a different trip to Russia. I was back in Russia and I was, I'm, I run like five miles a day, man. It's crazy. I don't know what got into me, but that's what I do. Do you still I, run five miles a I day? I ran this morning. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So so I'm running all through our tour in Europe. The most successful tour in Europe we've ever had. All these sold out shows. I get sick, but it's not like a typical sick. I don't know what's wrong with me. And mm -hmm. I call the ambulance from my hotel in Russia. Dude, I'm running around like, this is after a run, like in the snow, submarine sitting on ice, like everything you would imagine in Russia to be. It was gorgeous, it was crazy. It was one of the craziest runs I've ever had. But when I got back to the hotel, I was like, yo, something is not right. Like something's fucked up. So I called, I called the ambulance, but we were lost in translation. The front desk didn't know how to translate to them what was wrong with me. They came up to the room they were pulling like syringes, like out of their vest and shit. Like, we'll make you feel better, basically. And I was like, you don't know what's wrong with me. And you're not a doctor. Over there, apparently, like a, like a paramedic can medicate you. Wow. Like based on like, they can like, um, 
diagnose you, I guess. Wow. And medicate you. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. But looking back, anyway, it was hilarious. They ended up leaving. I got no medicine, no help whatsoever. I just stayed in my room, sweated it out, ran the next day. I was doing meet and greets every day for like three, 400 people a night. We for sure were exposed. But this was before COVID ever became- Before we knew. Yeah. A thing. Well, you know, um, they're, they're starting to say like there, there was a lot, of, uh, lot of, a lot of evidence pointing toward it being like, you know, eight months earlier. So that would make sense. I'm telling you, my whole bus was what, shook. None of us really felt well, but we were all exercising and working. We sweated it out. And uh, Trump made the call. We got on a plane, we came home. When we landed in JFK, there wasn't a person in the airport. Eight hours later, there was a line a mile long checking for COVID, but we had already made it to Nashville. So we got home, quarantined for a couple of weeks, and you know, I, I, feel, I feel fine. We've, everybody's good now. I think we're good. Well, you look good. I mean, and thank God, you know, nothing serious happened. So now you got the, uh, the antibodies. I think I had it too. For but, real? Yeah, I think I had it too. Like, uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was, but my antibody test didn't come back like I had it, but I was like, man, I, I had the symptoms, but. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was kind of a very similar timeline, like February, March-ish, something like that. But I think we have some barrels to go taste. If you're down still. Yeah, let's get it, let's get yeah? it. I want to say that this is delicious, by the way. Um, and this is MB Roland. MB Roland, yeah, it's actually named after uh, owner's uh, maiden name, Mary Beth Roland, was, uh, was her name. So this is the Mary Beth. Mary Beth. That's a good name. I feel like we're in good company here. I I agree. Good people. Uh, Paul, also an Iraq vet. You know, oh, wow. he's he's uh, he's a great dude. So, so you know, I know you, you mentioned the records and anything. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, that's important to you to talk about? No, I think we've, we've hit everything, Great. man. I've enjoyed talking to you. Oh, but will, uh, you did an interview with Killer Mike? I did, yeah. And he brought up, by the way, he brought up your birthday party uh, when there was like, when you all were, uh, they were trying to kick everyone out of the club and they started playing Sweet Home Alabama and then <laughs> like everybody lost their shit. And yeah. tell me about that story because he mentioned that. And Mike and I, man, like... Mike is one of my oldest friends, you know. Mike was in my first video kick-in. Mike was on my earliest first mixtape. Mike was on my freshman album with uh, Shady. Um, I was around when Mike and LP were doing some of their first sessions for Run the Jewels. I just love them dudes, you know, it's family. And Mike and I have done tours in a van you know, like it's awesome. Van tours around the country, long conversations, you know. Um, so, yeah, I love Mike, man, and I'm super proud of him. They're killing yeah. it. Him and LP are crushing it. Yeah, and, and he's Mike, just as a person, just, you know, in, um, in light of what's happening socially, has been um, just the best person, you know. So, I, like, I'm really honored to call him a friend. You know, so cheers to Mike. Cheers indeed. Killer Mike. Killer Mike.
Let's go taste some of this hard work. Let's do it. So you met Paul earlier. It's Paul Tomaszewski. He's the distiller here, and he's got he's got a barrel for us to taste. That's right. Okay. So this is the most fun because you never know what you're going to get because technically every barrel's a little bit different. No squashes. Squashes. Whoa, 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 whoa! There's a squash lurking. What the? Should, should we be afraid? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. It's okay. Come on out. Come on out. You can come drink whiskey with us. It's okay. We appreciate you hanging out with us early. I mean, you, Wolf, didn't you enjoy his company earlier? Yeah, absolutely. Come on in, dude. Come on, man. It's good. this barrel. I'm getting it. Do you think you can make a pair of boots for, for Squatch, Squatch here? Squatch, for sure. I mean, do you have, do you, could you do, like, a foot that big? Hell yeah. Just got a pair for LeBron James. <laughs> for real. Nice. I think, what, what do you wear, Squatch, a, a, a 17? I think LeBron's a 15. We squeeze him in a pair for sure. <laughs> Love it. So, Squatch, you, gonna, you, you down for drinking some whiskey with us? All right, man. All right. <laughs> it's better than jerky. Way better. <laughs> so what did, you, what did you just put in there? What is that? This is called a thief, or a whiskey thief is the term in the industry. Just like when you're... Okay, I don't want to use the kid analogy. Just like if you were to take your straw and, you know, pull yeah. out some liquid, mm -hmm. tasting a cocktail or something like that, just a giant version of that. Of course, it's made of copper. But it's called a thief because you're stealing a sample out of the barrel. All right, now the angle's going to be fun. I like that. Mm. And it'll hold a little bit of alcohol, obviously. Direct. Yeah, straight from the barrel. Now what's what what's with this barrel here, Paul? I don't know other than it's about five years old and some change and wow. obviously it's got some really pretty color. Wow, that is pretty. And how how do you know that this is a five year barrel? Because uh, we got a little code here uh -huh. and that'll tell you your month right there, G is the actual month. So A B in January, B, C, D, E, F, G. So that's July. Mm. Is that right? Yes, seventh, twenty fifteen. Wow. So has this been barrel been rolled or moved or has it just stayed there the whole time? It's probably stayed, well, no, it's been moved because we move things just from an efficiency standpoint, not for aging, but just literally to move a barrel if we have to. Is but that a technique that, that some that folks use to flavor whiskey, like turning barrels or, move, or moving them to certain places or what? To my knowledge, there's a handful of distilleries that do that. But most of them lie most, about it. Most don't. Yeah, most, most say they do, but they actually don't. Should we give Squatch the biggest class? You know, you. Or, you know, maybe. You know, maybe he'll be nice to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we need some full tasting notes from Squatch. So this is the, the Mary Beth Roland. This is, this is MB Roland bourbon. MB Roland. Yep. And MB stands for Mary Beth. Mary Beth, correct. Mm. I love that name. Woo. Man, that's, that's getting some age on it, that's for sure. It's got a little licorice note in there. Oh, yeah. Some spice. Some tobacco. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, some good, good fall whiskey. A lot of good spice and aromas and stuff we're getting this time of year. Can you taste the kind of tree that the wood was... 
cut from? It was probably a young oak tree. Is my a guess. young Corcus albus. Yeah. Yeah. There you have it. Corcus albus. The schnauz on this guy. <laughs> Actually, most of the wood comes from not too far down the road. No shit. You, you need to go visit them. Double S Stave Mill. Well, They're on the way you. back. You know where the intersection is, yeah. WKP? Well, anyway. Whew. Thank you for this, mm -hmm. man. What a treat. Well, this is, this is bourbon in its natural state. Straight it out really of the barrel. Is, yeah. It hasn't been blended with anything. So some barrels you're going to taste and go, that's great. Other barrels you're going to taste and go, wait a minute, that's not my favorite thing. And it's, it's blending them together that gets you your consistency of flavor. So when does it start to get its color? Almost immediately. Really? It's good, uh, right? Squatch? Yeah. We actually threw some whiskey in a, a barrel one time for less than a day, and it gets like a slight little bit of a color to it. Just is, a little is bit. It, is it the wood, the, the burnt wood that's given it? Oh, you yeah. burn the inside of mm -hmm. the all char, barrels yep. are charred, right? Yep. yep. So are they still. charred with a, a, um, like a blowtorch or what? Like a, These guys that make our barrels, Kelvin, they're doing all wood fire. So they don't use gas. It's, they actually use trimmings from all of the white oak. And, you know, they'll put the barrel together like that. And once they actually pull everything together, they'll put it on top of the fire and it just chars it for however long it takes about, I think they put them on there about three or four minutes. Now that's to get it going. Right. Up. That's not the charring itself. And then yeah. this is charred. It's a heavy char, so about 50 seconds in that world. And all these barrels are, are full of bourbon. Correct. Or some other whiskey, mostly bourbon, though. He's had a few other things in the air from time to time, but, you know, Paul's, uh, Paul's someone who... You know, some fought. LSD, possibly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was some... Uh, Is that, what does that stand for? <laughs> <laughs> he, he had some uh, hemp whiskey in here once. Actually, if you want to try that, we can try that. We were just talking about that. Hemp whiskey? Yeah. It's got actual hemp grain in it. Hemp seed is one of the ingredients huh. of the bourbon. Yeah. Well, I don't, definitely don't want to take up much more of Wolf's time. I know they got some places to go, but I just want to put a toast out there to Yellow Wolf, man. You're doing great stuff. I appreciate you coming out, hanging hey, out with me Andy for a minute. Andy Rowland and Creekwater and Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Oh, thank you all so much for tuning into that. And again, if you want to see uh, Sasquatch pouring our whiskey, if you want to see the conversation about aliens and some other weird stuff that uh, we got into, um, go to my YouTube page. Just look for my name, Fred Minnick, and, you know, find the Yellow Wolf video. It is a trip. But that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we've got Luda. Ludacris is in the house. And I cannot wait for you to meet one of the megastars of music and the screen. I mean, he's just, ludicrous is everywhere. I mean, he's Luda. But that's going to do it for this week. Make sure you're following me on the socials. Just search for my name, Fred Minnick. And while you're at it, give us a give us a, a rating. Give us a star or five, five stars, please. And on however you get listen to your podcast, it helps us with the algorithms. It helps us uh, get in front of new listeners. So I'm, a, I'm really appreciative of of you all doing that so thank you all for uh, tuning in and i'll see you next week cheers oh don't forget vodka socks you've been listening to the fred minnick show brought to you by beeline visit findyoursippingpoint.com 
by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredmenick.com.